Censorship. Censorship. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about hooks recently, so we're trying to make the hooks better on these videos. But censorship on Lean Whiskeys and Empire Building podcast number seven yeah. is what we're discussing today. So. What would a good hook be? Well, censorship. That was the hook. I got cancelled. Find out why. Well, talking about the fact that we're making a hook, we're trying yeah. to get better at hooks is a good hook. It's a good hook. It's a good hook. And to be fair, you did get sort of cancelled on Instagram not that long ago. We could talk about that. Cancel culture. <laughs> cancel culture. Censorship, cancel culture, all these things at the moment. Yeah. Guy's name ending in Tate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of, you know, this, this last couple of years that's things have been happening and we're not allowed to talk about on YouTube mm. and be careful to talk yeah. about these things because of, we don't know, we'll talk about because of what. Um, and censorship and all things freedom are being brought into question a lot at the moment. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about it today yeah. and give our two cents. Standard, <laughs> all, all over the place topics that could take any and one because of our YouTube following at the moment is small enough for us to go under the radar, we probably won't get cancelled for talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yet. This is where we find out, yeah. So do, do share it. See if you can yeah. share it enough to get us cancelled. That would be quite a feat. Yeah. Um, so, I mentioned a guy's name recently, Tate, who probably has made the whole censorship thing more of a popular subject at the moment. Um, it was anyway. I think the yeah. pandemic and everything that... that and all the things that we've been told to do brought a lot of things into question and the way that social media started to be obviously being controlled. Because before that, censorship was more of like a, I don't know about you, but we knew it was there, but it wasn't really like obvious it was happening. They were doing it quite quietly. Yeah. And then it was quite blatant because, you know, someone would say something like that, they're, they're, they're cancelled, so they're gone. Yeah. Well, I think now it's... Um with how quickly people can rise to like internet stardom is just very apparent when someone gets cancelled. Like obviously Andrew Tate, prime example. Yeah. Just within the space of about three months went from being no one's ever heard of him to the most Googled man on the planet. So within two weeks later, just removed from the internet. Completely. Completely. Payment process has gone, website taken down. Yeah. So when we're talking about being cancelled, we're not talking about one platform, one dude in, in some social media going, we're, we're removing it from the platform. That's multi-platforms. Yeah. And even off of, we're talking about Google, we're talking about domain names, payment providers. Yeah, it was all orchestrated. Lot. And um, I mean, the first, the first real big example of like, an, like a coordinated, like cancelling and censorship of someone was um, Alex Jones. Yeah. Uh, for, the, <laughs> for, for those that don't know of Alex Jones, uh, he's like a... Uh, conspiracy conspiracy theorist. Professional conspiracy theorist. Um, but he's known for like being quite out there with some of the things that he talks about. But then it's, I think with him, it was kind of like the things that got picked up by the mainstream media and news outlets were the things that he got wrong for the obvious reason. So like the Sandy Hook stuff, which has been in the news again recently, because he wrongly claimed that obviously all of that was a, a big conspiracy, a false flag operation, and then got sued by the families of the victims, and he held his hands up and said, yeah, I got it wrong. But So for someone like him, obviously just lived his whole life in the world of conspiracies, it's probably quite easy to get wrapped up in that kind of stuff. But he was the first person where it was a, a joint attack from every social media platform, website providers, payment providers, just to cancel him over the course of about three days. But yeah, as with Andrew Tate, and, other people now it's it's becoming more and more prevalent which is concerning really yeah and that's the thing it's like is this 
good or bad, and I think the, the general consensus is not good. No. Right? And the reason for that being is, I think, is the whole moral and ethical issue comes into, okay, a lot of people say they're doing it for the greater good, but who gave them the power? <laughs> and I think the, the worrying thing was about the most recent censorship things is it wasn't, like I said, just on one platform that's broken terms and conditions for that platform. Mm -hmm. It was a united front across all major outlets to make a decision to cancel someone. Yeah. And even outside of social media, that's the worrying thing. And this is the, so going into the whole censorship, then you then look at the other potential implications of that, which is what I was worrying me the most, because we're becoming a cashless society, right? So mm -hmm. what we're noticing is if things go digital, there's a lot more control by the, the, the outlets or things, the service providers that enable you to run through the digital side yeah. of things, right? So <laughs> you only have to ask yourself now, okay, how many things that you now own or don't own that you have on, say, subscription mm -hmm. that run your life? You don't really own anything anymore, right? So you have mortgages, you have your music, you have your video, you have your, probably your security cameras, whatever. Everything's now subscription-based, your car rentals. Yeah which is all coming through and being paid for through digital currency. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about crypto, I'm just talking about the fact that it's a pound, but it's on a digital, yeah. it's not, not cash. Yeah. Crypto is another thing entirely, but, and then all of these service providers, you don't actually own them. You don't own that asset, it's being rented. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if you say and do things in the future, or even now, that someone doesn't like, yeah. you're gone. Yeah. That's the, um, it's been the world, like we were talking about this um, yesterday, the World Economic Forum and kind of their, their prophesizing of how the world is going to be and how it quite creepily always, <laughs> always comes true, <laughs> weirdly enough. Um, but their whole thing this year, um, it's sort of one of the things that was picked up on uh, by people like Russell Brand that obviously pay quite close attention to things like this, was um, their slogan was that you'll, you'll own nothing in the future and you'll be happy. Exactly yeah, he was talking saying. about the whole rental thing recently, and that's yeah. kind of I think that's why it first alerted me to that. And it was like, if you start looking at what you do, rent yeah. effectively and not own anymore, that can mm -hmm. be just taken away from a service subscription yeah. being taken down, it's scary, and that's going to become more and more prevalent. Yeah, the the, the the less you own, if you don't physically own something, or even if you do, if you don't own something within the digital space, you you don't have control over that. You don't have control over your actions, what you can say, what you can't say. It's giving up a lot of power. So the thing is, the, thing, the reason why I want to have this conversation with you is, I think, call it the matrix, call it whatever else, but you need people to start at least questioning things that are going on and mm -hmm. questioning whether or not you're happy with these things. Like, I'm not saying censorship necessarily is a bad thing, but that's my opinion that it probably is, but other people might have a different opinion. But the point being is you should have an opinion yeah. and you should be able to have that discussion about that opinion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and... The longer we leave these things to go unmentioned or untalked about, the more it will fester and grow and the less control we will have against these things later down the line. So it's important now that I think there's an open discussion about censorship and the way things are moving and just wake, people, wake people up to the prospect of what could eventually be your life. Yeah. And if you're happy with that, fine, let it happen. Mm -hmm. Promote it, whatever. If you're not, then maybe best to start voting with your actions and, yeah. and, and getting people on onto uh, onto thinking about it, talking about it. So here's a question for you. Um, so, so do you believe in absolute free speech? As in it could be a thing? Or should do be a you thing? Do you believe it should be a thing? Or okay. can it be a thing? 
So do you, yeah, do you, do you believe? Is that free speech without any consequences whatsoever? Not not with not without any consequences. But should you should you be able to say anything that you want freely? So that's you can say the thing. Yes. So you're not you're not. There's no legal uh, opposition to saying anything. Yes. But therefore, there should be some form of. I think the problem we have is. Okay. Free speech is okay, providing people are equipped with the information to dissect and analyze the information they're being given. The problem we have as a race or as a human as a human race is I think we go through life and go through education purposefully being put into a position where we're not taught how to scientifically analyze and break down information properly. Mm -hmm. So if we were given the skills at school to scientifically analyze two differing opinions and work out what is most likely to be scientifically correct. Yeah which we're not, mm -hmm. unless you suddenly start going up to like probably more PhD and master's levels, yeah. the average person isn't. So therefore they're not fully equipped to be given said information, which then become very damaging to someone because yeah. you can mislead someone in a really negative way if, you know, mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. So I think there should be, but there should also be better coaching on how to, so there's a caveat to that, yes. <laughs> right, yeah, because, you, and the problem is now you have, and, and I completely understand where people come from with the danger of someone becoming an internet sensation overnight. No one validated Andrew Tate. The guy could be a psychopath, for all we know. Probably is. But no, <laughs> you know, he, he could have yeah. really malicious agendas. Yeah. And his ability to influence based on the platforms we now have could be really dangerous if the masses aren't able to look at his stuff with a, an objective mind mm. and say, is this okay? Rather than just fully believing him based on the fact he's got three million followers on Instagram. Yeah. The... Um yeah, the trouble you run into, I think, with absolute free speech, because I think that there should be absolute free speech. I think you should be able to say whatever you want to say. You should be able to say whatever you want to say across the internet, in person, whatever it is. But you kind of, you just accept that there's consequences for spewing this mm -hmm. information. Like you make yourself a target and you accept the consequences of being a target. So taking someone like Andrew Tate, for instance, like whether or not you agree or disagree with what he's saying, I sort of... I believe in his right to say, even if I disagreed with every single thing that that person says, I still would uphold okay. their right. Yeah, to, so I completely agree that. with you because yeah. you and I are both quite scientific and analytical in our approach of analysing information. Mm -hmm. So take a young kid, say 19, that has been given poor education from his parents and poor education from the school mm -hmm. with his inability to be able to actually analyse, like you can, yeah. that information and will probably take someone that he looks up to for like wholeheartedly mm -hmm. as the truth. Yeah. Now, if you have whole, like free speech, then you could then start manipulating kids or, or the uneducated masses to do things which really could be morally incorrect. But then that happens now anyway. It does. It's just it's like a dispersal of, I think, the more free freedom of speech you have, I think the more it dilutes control. Ironically, yes, I suppose, because we're in a vacuum at the moment, you're talking about... Yeah. 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 I completely agree with you, but I do think there should be better education. If we let's just say we were open to open yeah. it all tomorrow. The problem we've got at the moment is we've got some people being allowed to have free speech, but <laughs> they're manipulating you to think a certain way. The opposing opposition isn't allowed to mm -hmm. put their, their argument up. Yeah. So this is what you're saying, right? Is that if people have free speech, then someone would say something, but someone else would say the contrary, and then people could then analyze the, the argument. At the moment, someone yeah. says something and the other person gets cancelled. So exactly. you can't actually have a, a yeah. discussion or analyze the facts. Yeah. It's quite interesting because obviously in, in light of the, of the Queen, God bless her, <laughs> recently passing, um, 
the sort of the whole free speech debate has become, become very politicized. So like traditionally yeah. it used to be like the left and the liberal left used to be like advocates for free speech and the traditional right used to be very controlled and sort of authoritarian in like mm. what you could and couldn't say. There was a right and there was a wrong. The liberals were like, everything's acceptable. You just openly discuss it. But now it's, it's completely flipped. So probably over like the last 10 years, there's been like a sort of slow swapping of roles here. And so now like the left are very mothering in what they want. They want everyone to kind of have the earmuffs on. Like you can't hear this. There's certain ideas and thoughts and stuff that are dangerous. And then you kind of got the right that are very like, they're very like strongly for free speech now. And well, I find so it quite interesting. Say they say. So they say. But, and this is the point I was coming on to. So when the Queen died, uh, you might have seen it in the news, but um, there's a few people out protesting as her funeral procession, kind of not funeral procession, but as the um, ceremonial procession drove past. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one example of a guy, uh, I think basically shouting about uh, Prince Andrew and uh, his dubious connections to Jeffrey Epstein and that whole yeah. sort of saga. Um, but the police dragged him away quite brutally. I think he got like a sort of a bit of a kick and a slap from a couple of the members of the crowd um, as well. And he's since been charged for that, which I disagree with. But then what, what, what was quite ironic about it was a lot of people that are quite conservative and obviously supporting of the monarchy and tradition that for the last few years have been screaming and shouting about how much free speech is being shut down was celebrating the fact that now someone on the other side has been cancelled and they've kind of suffered the consequences of the things that they put in place, which I think is shit. <laughs> I think it ends up being quite hypocritical and you just end up in like a really messy, like tit for tat argument, which, I mean, it's just not, it's not, not what we're saying. Like, I think if you have absolute freedom of speech, you need to accept that there's going to be different views, different opinions, but everyone's entitled to it. Yeah, the, the other issue this all links into as well, and it's something that I felt fallen victim to, is the the fear of giving free speech mm-hmm. and for someone that lives in the UK which is quite a, a liberal country relative to the rest of the world and somewhere where inherently in, in, in history recently you haven't really been heavily public like punished for you know freedom of speech if I was in yeah. Iran like where my wife is from and I started screaming and shouting about how bad Muslims were I'd be locked up pretty quickly, right? (laughs) Whereas the consequences would be nowhere near as harsh here. Point being is, even me from, like, I've come from a background where I've not really felt any pressure Mm -hmm. not to speak freely. As of late, with my social media, my businesses and the things I put out, I find myself double-checking myself internally about whether or not I can say certain things or should be saying certain things. And that's becoming more and more apparent to me to the point at which now I'm actively not doing those things because it's forced me the other way because I don't like being pushed into a box. Yeah. But because even someone like myself who is now realising that there's consequences or could be consequences to me just talking about, you know, I don't know, basic stuff. Basic mm-hmm. life stuff. I mean, my opinions on, I don't want to talk about them, but, you know, my opinions on sexuality or, you know, what it, I hope, yeah the way I hire people or whatever my reasons are. Like, I'm not a racist person. I'm not a homophobic or enemies, but I have to be really careful what I say for fear of maybe upsetting someone through not even meaning to say something or, or saying something that, that, that might go against the terms and conditions of Facebook or fucking ad or something like that. So we're, I'm tiptoeing. 
Yeah, this is the trouble because this is one of the sort of the arguments that don't stereotype, but it's kind of like the the, lib, the liberal left people that are kind of like advocates for cancel culture. They kind of say, yeah, you are still free to say whatever you want, but you have to just accept that if you're saying something on a on a private platform, then you're going to get banned from it. It's like, well, if that if you if you consider social media to be kind of like the the open air like debating chamber or like open air free speech platform that traditionally well, they would have been like a town square or something if you go back like thousands or hundreds mm. of years or whatever it's self-censorship because you you have to if you want to participate in free speech you have to self-censor so it's not it is not free which i think is where platforms like rumble for instance will like really come into their own already are coming into their own i love rumble yeah. i love the idea of rumble mm-hmm. And I think it's filling a void in the market that's becoming very big very quickly. Yeah. So those of you who don't know, Rumble is supposedly, and I don't know much about the platform, I just know what it's selling, um, a censorship-free space to mm-hmm. put up video. I yeah. believe it's just video, I think. Yeah. It's basically, I think they're, they're hitting YouTube. It's got, it's, yeah, they're going for kind of, yeah, kind of YouTube, but free and a bit more of a social element to it than YouTube. But. Although, obviously, YouTube isn't advertising the fact that it isn't free. Mm-hmm. We're now seeing the consequences of, of some people saying what they want mm-hmm. on that platform. And anyone that doesn't particularly believe in that or want to be censored, and I believe, as you said, freedom should be. The freedom of speech should be allowed and should, yeah. be, should be present for us all to make educated, well-rounded, balanced decisions on <laughs> what to do in yeah. life. Then... Rumble seems like a good platform for that, and I, I, I support it. Yeah. It's, um, the trouble is, if you have one platform that offers that as a service, and then you have 10 that don't, everyone that has the same sort of opinions and beliefs that have been banned from the 10 that mm-hmm. don't find themselves on the one that do, and then you, it, it ends up becoming an echo chamber for those opinions yeah. and beliefs anyway. The pro- and as I, I think we said in a video yesterday that I did, uh, we mentioned Rumble, and I said yeah. that the, the, this, the danger of Rumble is that exact thing, that it's going to become known as the extremist yeah. uh, kind of video place. And I said that people should start using it even if they're not actively trying to say things that would normally be censored elsewhere. Just use it for using its sake, because it should mm-hmm. just be the same platform. And the problem is going to be a rod for its own back in the sense of if they're not careful, it will become so extreme that then the powers that be on the other social media platforms will have the same thing again. They'll have a good argument as to reasons why that is no longer a validated or good place to go and view content, which is therefore going to push people away that we want Mm -hmm. to go on there and actually have that experience of censorship-free environment. And this is the other thing we talked about as well, is that if you really are pushing like very strong opinions, like Andrew Tate, he only has to mess up once in like 10,000 videos to get canceled. So it's a very dangerous game to be playing from his point of view, but I kind of respect him for that. And like he was gonna get done at some point. Yeah, Um, he knew he was going against the grain. But he managed to get himself big enough to make a, a splash before he did. Mm-hmm. And he's now obviously working on email. He's using a different funnel of email. The emails he's collected, pushing onto Rumble, which he's advocating. I think Russell Brand has, has been offered a big sponsorship deal with Rumble as well, hasn't he? Yeah, Huge. he has. Yeah, Joe Rogan was when it looked like there was a potential for him being cancelled from Spotify as well last year. Well, I, I watched a podcast on him recently, and um, he said that the guy that owns Spotify has been 
really good to him and said mm-hmm. that we're not going to yeah cancel anything that you put up so but we've heard that before right it only <laughs> takes someone higher than the spotify guy to put yeah. financial pressure on the spotify guy because once again if that spotify guy who owns i don't know his name yeah i can't remember his name whoever's running or managing joe rogan's part of spotify with the owner or whoever's mm-hmm. his manager if he's in the digital system if he has credit cards he has mortgages he has things that he's renting and someone yeah. above him goes we're canceling the whole lot do you think they're going to keep joe rogan on i don't think so <laughs> yeah. this is the problem yeah. so there's always someone more powerful than you and when you are in the system mm-hmm. you've got a problem yeah that's what we were saying at the start that's the trouble with not technically owning anything in a, in a digital world it becomes very hard so i think i think what we're trying to say here is that i don't know if you agree it's, it, the censorship is like the gateway it starts with censorship of speech, but then travels all the way through to, okay, the control of your entire life. Yeah, it's kind of the, the why, why does censorship exist? And it's, it's like a kind of very like Orwellian like take on it. It's like the whole premise of the book 1984 is that absolute control comes about as a result of control over language. And if you control language, you control thought. Um, and so, I don't know if you've read the book, but it's basically like every... They have um, the Ministry of Truth, as it's called, um, which goes back through history, rewrites, changes dates, changes events, it republishes stuff, it removes stuff that it doesn't like or that is against the party and Big Brother, Mm -hmm. which is the sort of the authoritarian power in 1984. And it is quite scary, like when you actually compare the thoughts and premises behind 1984 to now, because... It does echo it a lot. Well, I was going to say, do you, do you... it's like control control of language. Even if you take like um, the language around uh, sexuality and gender identity, like if you dead name someone on Twitter, even if it was just by mistake, that's an instant ban. So, a uh, recent example of that was Jordan Peterson. He put a post up referring to the now Elliot page as his <laughs> previous name, Ellen Page. So he put a post up saying, Ellen Page, blah, 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 um, got banned for it. And Twitter insists that the ban will remain in place unless he goes back and changes his language. Mm-hmm. But you say this though, but has freedom of speech ever been a thing? No. no I, yeah. I think if you look back, it's just now more apparent than ever and there's more you're more able to do it. Because, I mean, if you spoke up against religion back in the day, you get spoke against the Bible, or yeah. you used to get a whipping or stoning or whatever it probably mm-hmm. was. Kings and queens would have not allowed you to say certain things. Yeah. I was actually thinking about this in the car on the way over here, and I was thinking like about the difference between uh, f- oppression of freedom of speech historically and oppression of freedom of speech now. Oh, yeah. And I think, in reality, I think the consequences for oppression of free speech are far more severe now. If you take the example of like of having free speech in a, in a town square, so if you wanted to go to the town square and be a heretic and shout about like how God doesn't exist and blah, 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 it would take, you'd, you'd get a crowd, people would come around, and it would probably take people to physically remove you from that area. They don't, they probably, well, depending on what it is, you might then suffer the consequences of that, but they're not going to, remove your livelihood they're not going to go and like remove you from essentially existence which is now the consequence in a digital age if you like Andrew Tate go against the grain and the powers that be decide that they want to censor you 
they just remove you. So Andrew Tate's whole model was obviously that he got people to share all of his content. It's how he became so widespread and it's how people found out who he was and how he spread so virally so quickly. Mm-hmm. But with how clever AI and algorithms are now, like within over what well, literally overnight, he was just removed. His face was removed from the internet. And, and this is the point I was saying, though, that I think it's the gateway. The censorship of speech is one thing to worry about, but it's the ability to then sh- they can cancel your life the same way they can cancel you off a platform because, like I said, everything's rented. Now we're talking about it like it's this new thing. I mean, if you look at China, mm-hmm. they have the SIM system, which is a social credit score, yeah. score system. <laughs> And for those of you who don't need to know, know about this, you need to go and research it. Because basically what it means is, is the government will give you social credits. I think, what was that um, series called? Black? Black Mirror. Black Mirror did yeah. something very similar. Mm-hmm. Where, and this is the way it's going, you basically have a credit score within society of like, okay, some power will uh, agree or disagree with how you live your life and the things that you say. Yeah. And if they agree with it, your credit system will basically be intact. And if you go against it, it's like a driving point mm-hmm. ban. You know, if yeah. you speed and you get caught, you'll end up basically you can get shut out of the system. Now in China, cash doesn't really exist anymore. You have to, if you want a bank, you want to travel on public transport, you want a job. Mm-hmm. The thing is, even if okay, even if they cancel you, you if they take cash out of the system, you can't even be paid anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's a scary prospect. So, and what I'm saying to people is, is like this whole censorship thing starts at censorship, but it, it, it flows up to complete control. Mm-hmm. That's a scary thing. Yeah. So, the, the 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 main concern as well is that the fear of censorship actually creates self censorship. Which is what which, which is what I, talk, what I talk what I've been doing. Yeah. Been noticing myself doing, which I'm now proactively stopping my, while we're having this conversation now yeah. um, for that reason exactly because I became aware that I was doing it and if people don't talk up and they don't speak about it and they don't go and just alert other people and just get people to ask the question of whether or not they're okay with it <laughs> yeah right? okay it's all well and good if you elected someone to be that power to make that decision for mm-hmm. you then fine but I, the last time I checked I didn't no yeah. And if you think that me t- signing some terms and conditions on a fucking social media app is like constitutes that, then no, that's not that's not what we signed up for. Yeah, I do agree. It's it's really difficult because yeah, it's like trying to convince people to openly discuss ideas and stuff like this. And, and, and the problem being is they're so smart. I say they. They come down like a ton of bricks on the first few people that do it, and no one wants to be the first one to jump because they're the ones that get stung. If everyone, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always like everyone knows someone needs to start, and then it's okay when the masses get going because they can't punish everyone. Yeah. But the first few people are going to be the martyrs. Like they literally will be the ones that get absolutely slapped. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Andrew Tate was clever because he lived in Bulgaria, and was kind of off grid, and was relatively well isolated when he did it. Had he been in like integrated England, he would have been absolutely screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he would have not had a bank. He lost his house. He would have lost everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it is scary. It is really scary. And it, it, <laughs> One of the other troubles is like a lot of people just want to have a quiet life and a quiet existence and censorship and control over like a lot of areas of your life. A lot of people are actually fine with that. Mm. Um, kind of goes to what we were talking to about like in one of the previous podcasts about like comfort and that kind of thing. People just like safety and they kind of like being swaddled and it's like, oh, it's okay because we all think the same things and we're all going to do the same things and we're all going to get on. But 
that's just not life and it's just incredibly boring as well like that's that's one of the worst things about it is it's just boring people being comfortable and bored and it's boring but the thing is yes they're comfortable now but do you not think if you keep giving rope they're not going to keep taking it and changing the goalposts it gets to the point where you are literally a slave to the system yeah it's literally- and that won't be comfortable for anyone that is literally 1984. It's like you'll be just shipped off to. Uh, it's where the whole like room 101 thing comes in. It's mm-hmm. like you get get like the fear of life put into you until you uh, accept Big Brother's narrative and you love the state and everything that the state tells you to say. And the thing is, as well, people go, "Oh, it's private." That's China now. People go, "Oh, it's private. It's private corporations." And like, what do you want to do? Start regulating private corporations? It's like, but Mark Zuckerberg. We were talking about this yesterday. Mark Zuckerberg was just on Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, and was asked about the censorship of the Hyder, the Hyder Hunter Biden laptop story, and he said he was told he was told to suppress it by the FBI because of their their investigation into misinformation. Like the Biden administration recently set up the uh, Department for Misinformation. So what's that telling you though is that Mark Zuckerberg, a multi-billionaire, very powerful bloke, yeah. is being leveraged even by the system. Yeah. Because he still did something he knew he shouldn't do or didn't have to do legally. Yeah. Because he was pressured because they were taking away his business. Mm-hmm. Because he's in the system too, just like us, yeah. like us all. So I think in essence though, it's not it's very doom and gloom this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think the reason and, and the hope to take away from this is now is like we need to have a bigger discussion about it now and people need to before it gets becomes too late. I don't think we are past the point of no return yet. No, yeah, I think I think the, I think the big thing the the take home is is like if you have a thought or you have an opinion and just talk about it to people. Don't don't be afraid to have conversations with people because realistically, like that's the only way you find commonality and middle ground is to have a conversation. And it's not don't don't get we all know that when you're on social media, you're just you step in through the door and then you're in your own little echo chamber with everyone else that thinks the same as you and. Anything you do see that's contrary to that is normally like the polar opposite end of the spectrum. When in reality, most people just find themselves in the middle, and everyone I'd also, has. I also encourage people to question themselves and the opinions they're taking when they do hear things as mm-hmm. well. So, for example, let's just say, for example, you listen to this podcast and it triggers you because you don't necessarily agree with what we're saying, yeah. or someone says something to you that you instantly find yourself reacting to. Take a step back. And actually analyse why you might be having that emotional reaction. Because is that because of the system that's implanted that in your head? Yeah. Or is that because of a, a good reason? And if you then have a good reason against the, what that person's saying to you, articulate it in a way that tries to convince the other person with factual evidence of the reason you're feeling that yeah. way. And I think everyone needs to have more of a scientific discussion rather than a hot-headed, like, uh, a hot-headed discussion <laughs> Of they heard someone else say that someone that they that they trust on Facebook said something, so you you then back them. Yeah, that's not a reason to have an argument with someone or mm-hmm. disagree with someone. So, yeah, one of the um, one of the things that's always weirdly stuck with me. I think I've mentioned it before, but it was when I was sixteen doing AS level politics at Baslick. <laughs> the uh, the tutor at the time, a guy called Neil, is like one thing he said. He's always he's always stuck with me. He's like the game of politics is that everyone has an agenda. Mm-hmm. you're just trying to find out what it is. <laughs> and it's that's the life, same. Though. It's right. life, yeah. and that's what I mean. And at 16, I was like, for the first time, like looking at a newspaper thinking, 
someone's written this because there's a reason for it. And it's like, you, I've then just taken that approach for everything. It's never read anything without thinking, okay, someone wrote, like, wrote this for a reason. Any human interaction in life is based on someone's incentive structure for something to happen. Yeah. That, that, that goes down to like you and your fucking husband or wife as well. Like <laughs> yeah. there's always an agenda. And to find out the real reason why something is happening, follow the money normally. <laughs> yeah, generally. Yeah. Generally speaking, or the wants and needs of the person at the core of that thing. Yeah. And you'll then suddenly start to figure out why certain things happen, <laughs> why things yeah. are being said, or why things are being censored, or why things are being stopped, mm-hmm. or pushed, or promoted, or whatever. Yeah. Because there's always someone with an agenda. Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. And that'll always be the case. Yeah. Definitely. The agenda might be to promote the freedom of speech. Yeah. Right? That could be an agenda. So, But the, the point is, what we're trying to say here is, I think the, the point you and I are both trying to make is, figure that out and do some research and find out what it is and also don't be scared of giving your opinion yeah and if you're given an opinion that's really strong make sure you have a tracker on you (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think I think as well it's also like realising that pretty much like 99% of what you think is an opinion there's always going to be someone that's a different opinion to you and and realise that you have an opinion and it's not fact there's always a conversation to be had and treat conversations as that an interesting fact-finding exercise, yeah. almost. Uh, and Yeah, and just allow, but promote and push the allowance of that mm-hmm. in all platforms, yeah. even off of social media and in person. Allow people to have their opinions. Allow the freedom to people to express those things. Yeah. And like, you then can just be an adult about analysing whether or not you think that's correct. That's entirely up to you. Yeah. But suppressing someone or censoring someone for that is a shite way about doing things. <laughs> yeah. Censorship is bad. Censorship is bad. Like I said, the, the, the gateway that this is leading onto, potentially, the way it's looking, is bad for, for everyone, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not you want that happy life. Yeah. Um, so just wake up, get unplugged. <laughs> yeah. Neo. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. So yeah, censorship. Hope you enjoyed, guys. This is Liam Whiskey's input. Was it Lean Whiskey's Empire Building episode seven? I think. Episode seven. Christ. The comeback for me. Anyway. Marcus is back, yeah. <laughs> back. Next yeah. week we've got another very good guest, actually. Oh, you do, oh. yeah. Got a big one. Um, that'll be some very interesting. That's an intrigue loop being opened right there. Stay tuned next week. Stay tuned Surprise next week. Guest. Subscribe. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.